You're listening to Finance on 2NURFM and Barry Preston. Time for one of our favourite guests. Absolutely, and we have today Terry McCran. He's a regular guest with us and one of Australia's best-known financial and political journalists with the Daily Telegraph, Sunday Telegraphs in Melbourne, the Herald Sun and the Sunday Herald and the Australian, well, Australian Wide, of course. Winner of many prestigious awards. Hi, Terry, how are you? Hi, Barry. Great to be with you. Thank you. And I've got to ask you this question. What's the weather like in Melbourne? <laughs> well, it's not raining. It has been raining. It's sort of grim, but not uh, not too bad. Uh, I mean, winter is coming on. I think that's what it's telling us. Fantastic. Well, on a score of 1 to 100 hours, is 100.00 up here today. It's fantastic. Let's get into it. Uh, Terry, the RBA has been doing a lot of fence-sitting, but next month it should look at cutting interest rates. We've had two cuts in November, December. It did little of anything. Inflation's low at 1.6. Strange, of course. Uh, Western Australia's not the highest on that. And Hobart's got the highest unemployment. Interesting. World economy is going nowhere. Consumer spending is still quiet. Your thoughts? A quarter of a percent? You've got that all summed up very well, Barry. Um, if there, there are a few certainties in life, but this is one certainty. Uh, May starts on Tuesday, and on Tuesday we will get an official rate cut. The only uncertainty is how big a rate cut. I think it'll be a double dose. It'll be 50 basis points. That's half of 1%. Uh, and uh, then the question will be how much of that will the banks pass on. Again, I think... Uh, they'll pass on almost all of it, if not all of it. So, uh, you know, from the, if you're a borrower, that's good news. Mm. Uh, obviously, if you've got rely on fixed deposits for income, that's not so good news. But, but yes, we will get a rate cut on Tuesday. We've heard this many times before, that the government has no control over the RBA rates. Is the current Prime Minister's latest statement that the RBA must reduce rates a one-off or have the general public been getting the wrong message over the years? No, I think it's a, it's a sort of a mixed situation, Barry. I think Julia Gillard has been verbaled a little for what she said earlier in the week. I think she was, rather than trying to pressure the Reserve Bank to cut interest rates, she was trying to win kudos for the budget preemptively. Uh, by, by, by linking the, the rate cut that she's obviously been advised was coming to the fact that the budget uh, will, be, will be reported to be in surplus. So I think she was really trying to preempt that and, and, and say the Reserve Bank is in, a, is in effect endorsing her budget. Uh, yes, but in a more general sense, go to your question, Barry, no, the, the, the governments have got out of the business of, of deciding those interest rates. If you go back 20 or 30 years, the decisions were not made by the Reserve Bank. They were made by the government when, uh, when rates were changed. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they do affect them, obviously, indirectly by what they do with policy more generally. So, mm-hmm. uh, it, yes, they don't, they don't control them directly, but what the government does will determine, in an indirect sense, how high, high or how low rates are. Once upon a time, interest rates, in my opinion, had a big influence with borrowers. But as the population ages, and you hit it in the head a moment ago, as it's starting to get uh, down the track and relying upon more interest income for living, shouldn't we be looking for some other means of increasing uh, spending in the economy or dampening the economy? Good question, Barry. I mean, I think we've sort of been around the block on all the different ways of impacting on the economy, whether governments should control the levers, whether you have an independent body like the Reserve Bank. 
Um, somebody is going to have to set interest rates in the economy, and it's better that it's done by the Reserve Bank, and that's that's the basic interest rate, obviously, because what the banks actually do on top of that, whether whether with deposits or with uh, their, the rates they charge borrowers, is not going to be, as we've seen, directly linked to that decision by the Reserve Bank. But governments do have an impact more generally by, you know, the sort of confidence they create, the policies they, they have in terms of wages, wage setting, and so on. So I'm, I'm sort of happy with the situation where we've got the Reserve Bank sitting there independently and, and setting those interest rates. No, it's not the only thing that's going to drive the economy, but it's, it remains pretty important. Interesting. Um, you mentioned something about uh, the government's driving the economy to a certain extent and the interest rates, but the confusion on the direction of Australia's economy. Our political team tell us all is okay and we're growing. Could one say that maybe Western Australia could be growing? And whether my statistics are right, about ninety-five percent of the population not so. West Australia, yes. I think you're right, but I'd, I'd, I'd quibble with a figure. Maybe oh, yes. not ninety-five percent, but seventy-five hmm. percent. What we've obviously got is this two-speed economy where the resources sector, which is strongest in Western Australia, is still going, going gangbusters. And that sort of spreads out a little bit into those sectors that are supplying products to the resources sector. So it's not just the mines. It's the people that supply uh, mining equipment and services to the, to the mines. And that's about 25% of the economy. But you're right, the other 75% is paddling. The other 75% is, is going sideways. It's not all gloom and doom, though, I've got to say, Barry, because 12 million of us still have jobs. Oh, yes. Uh, so it's not like, it's not like we're all on the, on the, on the breadline, but we're not getting the growth. We're not getting mm. the increased incomes in that 75% of the economy. One of the things, of course, if you look at uh, removing mining from, and I read this recently, whether it's accurate or not, I don't know. If you looked at removing mining from the gross domestic product, we'd be in a minus 0.6%. Is that? Well, I, I, I don't know that specific figure, Barry, but it, it's, it's, whether it's a minus or whether it's just zero, it's, it's certainly not the growth that you'd want in the broader economy. And that's absolutely right. But I mean, this is very much driven by, and that's the big challenge, obviously. That's the big problem we have. How do we get those two things to run closer together? How do we get more growth in the part of the economy that's not in the mining sector? And that brings us back to that interest rate decision on Tuesday mm. where the Reserve Bank is saying we've got to try and get more growth in the rest of that economy. On to NURFM. It is 17 to 1. And this is Thursday Finance. And Barry Preston... We are getting the insights of Terry McCran. We certainly are, one of Australia's best-known financial and political journalists. <clears throat> Looking at the Australian economy again, Terry, here we go again. One huge danger I see is wage demands. In the current economy, sorry, in the current economy, we could see future problems. Mining is uh, paying excellent wages, but as we said, as we said, uh, we said before, about seventy percent of the population, no, it's not. Now, wage increases with the uh, double and uh, two and a half times of on holidays, etc., is certainly putting pressure on business. Absolutely, Barry. And when you add it to all the other things that cause problems for business, a uh, subject we might get to, the carbon tax, which is coming. <laughs> this, is, this, this is really making it very tough, obviously, especially for small business, because big business can sort of play games and, and reallocate stuff and so on. But small business faced by that sort of thing uh, really faces a, a really tough problem, and that's where most of the jobs in the country are, and most of the actual 
business activity is in small business. I have to say, though, that to date, I'm surprised that we haven't seen more wage increases uh, than we have done, given the fact that the mining boom is, is attracting so much, uh, so much skilled labour out of the rest of the economy, and yet we haven't really seen a big wages explosion. I think what you've put your finger on is all the entrenched uh, uh, payments that are made, which make it tough, rather than increases in, in the, you know, new increases. It's what's already been there for decades. It is, certainly. And, of course, public confidence in the economy is not shared by all, as we keep saying, and I believe that's the core of it a lot. Well, confidence is the absolute driver. Consumer confidence, that's what, that's what drives consumer spending, and people are very cautious. One of the things that has changed, Barry, I think you've noticed, is we, we are now saving more. We're much more worried about uh, our future so that we, we're not spending the way we were five years ago. And secondly, obviously, business confidence. Now, the business confidence in the mining sector is very high, but business confidence over the great rest of Australia among small businesses, again, is, uh, is not high. And another company heads to the USA, Biota Holdings. Now, Biota, if a lot of people may not know, is uh, it market a, marketed a drug called Relenza, which is a very powerful drug against influenza. It seems Biota can't get the support from the Australian investors. Here goes another one. Yes, uh, it's a mixed story, Barry. I mean, America's the place to be for a company like Biota because that's where uh, you've got this huge market. You've got, and obviously, if you actually produce a drug like they have, Relenza, the flu drug, you're going to market it mainly in America. So it's, it's this tough story. If you get big enough, whether you're a Biota or whether you're a film star, you head off to the, to the great old US of A. <laughs> Very quickly, I noticed the unemployment figures, um, and I cannot find out how do you class a person as employed versus a person unemployed? Uh, good question, Barry. It's, there's, a very, there's a very broad uh, definition, and it goes something like, if you have worked a certain number of hours, even if it's only a few hours, in, in the period in which uh, the statistics are taken, the, the survey is taken, you are classed as employed, even if that might only be a few hours a week, not certainly not the 40 hours a week for a full-time job. Mm. So it does overstate clearly uh, the real level of employment and therefore understate the real level of either outright out, uh, joblessness or people who really are working a few hours a week and really want a full-time job. Competitive. Now, Australia is not very competitive at the moment, and I believe we read and hear that the tax that's going to be added to cost, the carbon tax, look at a concrete slab. It's going to add between five and $700 just for the concrete slab. Now, as things are crook in the world at the moment, this is probably not a good time to be hitting ourselves. Oh, Barry, you've, you know, absolutely. I mean, this is national insanity. This is absolutely crazy this embracing of a carbon tax. We're the only country in the world, in, well, among the developed countries, and the, and, the, and the countries that want to grow, like China, are certainly running a million miles from anything as dramatic as this, right across the economy uh, to impose this tax, which is, which is not going to be copied anywhere else in the world, and also the level at which it's been imposed, Barry. There's $23 a tonne. Uh, compared to figures in Europe of, and which are nowhere near as uh, all across the economy of, of less than $10 a tonne. So it's just mad. There's no other word to describe it. 
You mentioned China. I read somewhere in a, in a financial press the other day that its pricing policy at this stage, it was going to be in, implemented. They've cut it. They're not going to do it. And they were going to bring in, I think, $1.58. It appears that China doesn't want it. It's going to damage their business competitiveness. So, and energy, energy is the heartbeat of a nation. Absolutely, Barry. And we've got this, we've got this wonderful, cheap, coal-fired power uh, and we are saying we don't want to have this cheap coal-fired power. It's evil, it's dreadful, it's put pumping carbon dioxide into the atmosphere. Uh, we're the only, again, we, we, you know, we're one of the few countries in the world that, have walked, that are walking away from it. We've got, we've got it in such abundance. And the thing I don't think people really appreciate is that they think the carbon tax is going to be something that will hit somebody else. It'll hit the big miners, it'll hit the, the electricity companies. The carbon tax, Barry, the price feeds into everything. Every single dollar your listeners and, and obviously everybody else in Australia spend from July 1, some part of that will be paying a carbon tax, either directly or indirectly, because as you say, energy is the heartbeat of the economy. Energy feeds into everything we do, and if you push up the price of, of energy, you push up the price of everything. Terry, I've got hundreds more questions, but unfortunately we run out of time. On behalf of all our listeners at 2NURFM 103.7, once again, thank you very much for your expertise. Keep safe. See you soon. Great talking to you, Barry, and all the best to your listeners. Bye. Terry McCran, our guest on Finance Today.